Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. I want to speak to you about breaking the curse of poverty. Amen. And we're going to look at some biblical principles that we're going to understand and, and, and I need you to, and I'm going to show you something, that poverty actually has nothing to do with having money or not having money. And I'm going to show you something in, in the scriptures about that, okay? So, Genesis chapter 3, verse 18. Genesis chapter 3, verse 18. God himself speaking. And uh, actually, let's go to 17. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and I've eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. So let's go right there and understand how this curse came in. They ate, they ate something they shouldn't have been eating. Okay? They ate something they should not have been eating. They ate something that belonged to God. Okay? That they did not have access to. And so um, and we, can, we need to understand that there is a portion of what God has given us that we are not to eat. Okay? Because it's the Lord's portion. Like the tithe, the 10% belongs to the Lord, and we should not eat it because it's the Lord's portion. It belongs to the Lord. Amen. And then also, never eat your seed. When the Lord t- tells you to s- s- sow seed and the Holy Ghost leads you in that direction, never eat your seed. Just like a wise farmer, when he harvests his crop, he doesn't eat the seed. Do you understand me? He always sets aside a seed for the, for the future harvest to plant it. Amen so that you can have perpetual harvest because if whatever you reap if you eat all of it then you have nothing to sow again so you need to always understand a portion belongs to the lord that's your tithe the 10 percent, the one tenth and then also on top of it the tithes and offerings like he said in malachi do you know that they were robbing god in the tithes and offerings because they asked the lord how are we robbing you he said in tithes and offerings so because that's the portion and that's that's so that the blessing of God can continue to work in your life because the Lord wants you, to, wants you to be blessed. Amen. But I want you to see something here. You shall not eat of it. So what the first thing that will bring you into poverty is having a mindset of just eating all the time. Just always feeding and eating, eating. I mean, and I'm not talking about just eating in the sense of food, you know, taking everything you have and just constantly doing nothing but, but investing in yourself instead of investing in the kingdom. Okay. So be focused about you. And he says, curse is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So you can still continue to eat as the world does, but in toil. They do it in toil. There's always, there's always confusion. There's always chaos. There's always fear, and there's always worry. They're living out of that realm. And they're still, obviously, people in the world, they're still able to, you know, somehow sustain themselves. But they do it out of toiling. They do it out of striving. But one of the things that the blessing of the Lord brings into our lives is the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich. You shall not add, he will not add sorrow to it. He will not add, you won't be doing it out of this constant place of striving and toiling where you're constantly worried, you're constantly living out of a life of stress. God wants us to live out of a life of rest, not stress. When you live out of rest and when you live out of the blessing and the favor of the Lord, then the Lord begins to make a way for you. The Lord begins to pour out his blessing upon your life to where you can enjoy it. Amen. Hallelujah. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, 
and you shall eat the herb of the field. So I want you to understand these thorns, ground became cursed. Yeah, yeah I, I want you to see something. God never cursed Adam. He never said to Adam, you are cursed. He had already blessed him. You understand that? But the ground is cursed. And so whatever he does is going to yield very little. And he's going to work very hard. And he's going to toil. And he's not going to get back the, the kind of return that he was supposed to get when the ground was blessed. Okay? Now, the thorns. I want you to, to notice the thorns and the thistles. Thorns represent poverty and lack. What, what's, up, what's with a thorn? It pricks you, right? Thorn represents that agitation. That agitation of striving to attain things in life, and they come, it comes with pain. It comes with sorrow, right? Jesus was pierced for, you know, he was bruised, and he was a man of sorrows, right? He was a man of sorrows, and he took the pain and the suffering of the curse. So the thorns that they placed upon his head represents the curse of poverty. So he took the curse of poverty, okay? Now, I want you to also see something. God told Israelites that the nations, this is very important. Somebody's going to get a revelation tonight that's going to change your life. Amen? You ready for this? God told the Israelites that the nations, the heathen, will be a thorn on their side. He told them to drive them out of the land of promise, the land of blessing. And if you don't drive them out, okay, that's to us symbolic. If you don't drive out certain things from your life, it's going to be a thorn on your side, okay? And he told them to drive them out, the heathen, out of the blessed land that the Lord had given to them. And if they didn't separate themselves, if they didn't get them out of their lives, if they didn't get them out of the realm of blessing that God had given to them, it would be a thorn on their side. And those nations always cause Israel to stumble and fall and fall out of the blessing of God back into the curse. And then, because as long as they were blessed, they had victory over their enemies. Remember, the enemies that come against you shall be defeated before you and they shall flee from you in seven directions. Right? Deuteronomy 28, read all the blessings, you know. And I'll bless you and, and, and I'll bless you in the nation that I swore to give to your forefathers. I'll open the windows. I mean, I'll open the heavenly treasure upon you and rain upon you my surplus of prosperity and you'll be the head not the tail you'll be above only not beneath and whatever enemies come against you shall be defeated and if whatever you put your hand upon i'll bless i'll bless the work of your hands i'll bless your your womb i'll bless your livestock i'll bless you know whatever you do it shall be blessed amen but if you don't follow my word and if you let these guys and if you end up instead of following me you shall have no other guys and if you start following the culture and the influence of the world around you a curse is going to come upon you and they're going to end up coming in and begin to steal from you you understand me look at matthew 13 and look at verse 7 and some fell among thorns this is the parable of the sower right some of the seed fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them some fell among thorns and who are these some? It's the word being sown, but it's the, the condition of the heart, the person that's among thorns. Some fell among thorns, and what happened? The, the thorns sprang up. Instead of the seed springing up, the thorns sprang up. 
instead of the seed of God's word springing up in the person's life, the thorns sprang up because of the influence. So what does the thorns represent? The world. The influence of the world around you represents the thorns. Just like he said, the heathen nations around you who will not observe God's word and who are not people of the covenant, but if, they, if you allow them to influence you, he said to Israel, these people will be thorns on your side, right? And then what Jesus here tells also is some seed fall among thorns and instead of the word and the seed springing up, the thorns spring up. So, instead, so the influence of the world is greater in this person's life than the influence of God's word. Instead of being led by the word of God, they're being led by the world. Instead of the word leading them, the world leads them. And that is the most dangerous thing for a believer. And we are surrounded by the world system around us. There's a mentality. There's a way of thinking. There's a way of speaking. There's a way of behaving. There's a way of acting. There's a way of doing things in the world system. And if we allow that to influence us, the thorns will spring up, right? And what happens? It chokes the word. So the world becomes a greater influence in that believer's life instead of the word of God. Okay? Now go down to verse 22 because they asked him, what does this mean? Explain to us, and Jesus explains it, and look at what he says. Now he who received the seed, or the word, remember, the seed is the word. He who received the word among the thorns is the one who hears the word, and look at this, the cares of this world, the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Okay, so what makes a believer unfruitful in the, in the area of the promises of God's blessing and prosperity and provision and increase and abundance in their life, right? Do you believe that we have a covenant of blessing? Do you believe that the Lord said, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you? And if you'll do what I tell you to do, the blessing of the Lord will work in your life. If you apply my word and then the blessing of the Lord is going to make you rich and you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places... Do you believe that according to Galatians 3.13, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the fall, the law, and so that we've been redeemed from the curse of poverty because when he took that crown of thorns, when he was pierced for our sins and bruised and chastised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace, which that word is shalom, also involves prosperity and well-being and rest and wholeness in our lives, was laid upon him, right? So... What makes the believer on the seed among thorns, the cares, he tells us, he explains, the cares of this world, worried about, worried about things, cares of the world. What will you drink? What will you eat? What will you wear? What the things that the heathen, Jesus said, seek after. We are not to seek after those things. We're, we are to seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? He says, do not worry. So the cares of the world. Bible also tells us, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't care or don't take the cares of all this stuff but rejoice and be thankful and make your supplications and and your um and your requests known unto god with thanksgiving for he cares for you cast all your cares on the lord for he cares for you amen because the cares of this world will weigh you down and will become a thorn in your life and weigh you down and you'll become unfruitful okay now What's the second thing he says? The deceitfulness of riches. 
the deceitful because riches are fleeting you can attain riches you can attain wealth through the world's way or you can attain riches and wealth through the word's way you understand me you can attain wealth i mean the mafia is wealthy you understand me but the bible calls it the wicked wealth which we looked at last weekend and last night the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous amen it's their toil and it's their care to gather all this wealth for it to come into the hands of the righteous amen so yeah the mafia is wealthy you can get wealthy through corruption and wickedness you can get wealthy through selfish things you can get wealthy through evil means but it's fleeting that's why the bible also tells us not to envy the wealth of the wicked because it's only going to last for a short amount of time amen so we are to not take the cares of this world what people care about what do people care about they care about entertainment they care about how they look they care about the physical and the natural and they care about their bodies more than they care about their spirit you know they care about the things that they wear they care about the cars that they drive it's a status symbol they care about where they live they care about who they hobnob with you know all the things that people care about are absolutely mean nothing they're going to mean absolutely nothing in eternity right it's all temporary the things that people care about pleasing others pleasing people to buy things they don't need to please people who don't even care about them that's how the world works right so everything is focused on attaining like the world says he who has mo the most toys in the end wins that's the mindset of the world but that's, that's actually a poverty mindset because you know why it's a poverty mindset and people that say they might be billionaires but it's still poverty mindset you know why because none one penny of that billion will be able to they'll be able to take into eternity and when it's all said and done they will stand before the lord in absolute abject poverty poverty of the spirit poverty of the mind and eternal poverty of hell so right because spending hell in eternity is eternal poverty you understand that right being cut off from the glory and the wealth and the blessing of god all of eternity so the cares of this world what people care about and the deceitful of deceitfulness of riches choke the word and these are the thorns so the world is a thorn in the flesh of the believer and when paul was talking about that uh, the thorn in his flesh he was talking about the world the religious world around him that constantly persecuted him religion teaches that he was sick now no he goes on to to, to explain what the thorn was the, the persecution he received from the religious world amen so the world around us if we allow it to come in is going to choke the word and it's going to become a thorn in our side okay and it'll cause us to become unfruitful Unfru unfruitful christians because of a spirit of poverty or the curse of poverty because the seed among thorns cares of this world the deceitful deceitful and deceitfulness of riches is actually a spirit of poverty so because prosperity and or, or poverty cannot be defined by the amount of money you have it's defined by the way you think and by what you have in your spirit and what you do for the kingdom being rich towards god so look at second corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 is this helping anybody here tonight second corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was very rich, what is it talking about when he was in heaven? And even on earth, he lacked nothing. You know, people, people claim that Jesus was poor on earth. No, when he was born, they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh to him <laughs> to worship him as a king. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And then he had all these women following him to, to meet his needs. Not only his needs were met, but he was traveling with a company of 12, sometimes the multitudes. He fed the multitudes. He fed 5,000 families at once. He fed 4,000 families. How many poor people feed 5,000 families at once? How many poor people feed 4,000? How many poor people do you know who has a treasurer that carries a money box and steals from it? So people take some scriptures out of context when Jesus says, you know, that he has no place to put his head down because he was an itinerant minister. He was traveling around. But wherever he went, people invited him to, the, to his house to eat. I mean, he never lacked for anything. And his disciples that followed him never lacked for anything. And he had a company of women that followed him around to take care of his needs. Amen. So he was not poor because he was not a hobo. How many hobos do you know that travel with a company of 12 disciples and take care of their needs. Amen. So on earth, he was well provided for. He never lacked on earth. I mean, how could he say the Lord is, how could we claim the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. So we shall not lack, but the shepherd's going to lack? No, he never lacked. Neither did the people that he shepherded lacked. Amen. So obviously in heaven, he was, he left the glories and the wealth of heaven came down on earth. But he was still blessed here on earth. Because if we believe that all of the Old Testament scriptures of the promises of God apply to him since he was without sin, that means he walked in the fullness of God's blessing on earth. Come on. Amen. So, but look at this. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was, very, he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty... So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Oh, no. Did he just say that word? Yes. Rich. Rich. You might become rich. Wow. I did not cuss, people. I actually read the word. Because you go to some places, this they think this is like blasphemy. This is some false stuff. You, one of them, preaching the prosperity gospel well i don't know i mean i don't know what you mean by that I, I i preach a gospel that involves salvation from sin salvation from hell healing the blessing amen provision i mean yeah so i don't know what you're talking about but yes i guess i am guilty of it and i'm not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ because for it is the power of god unto salvation and the very first thing Jesus said that God had anointed him, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Good news to the poor. What do you think the good news to the poor is? You don't have to be poor no more. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I remember growing up in Louisiana, went to high school in the Baton Rouge area. <laughs> 
They had poor boys. They had poor boy sandwiches. Shrimp poor boy. Big old piece of bread with like two little shrimp in it. And a whole bunch of this sauce. Then <laughs> no wonder they called it a poor boy sandwich. Because it was like it was like it was like 99 cents for this big old sandwich. It was nothing but meat, uh, nothing but bread with like two little shrimp wrapped with bread and, and you know, popcorn shrimp. And you had to cut, and you could finally find like a little tiny, tiny little shrimp in there and it was all bread with, within bread. We have a similar thing in Turkey. They call it wet hamburger. It's a big old hamburger bun. With them, basically, there's absolutely there's no meat in it. It's just meat broth, with like this ketchup, and so it, it just has a meat flavor, but there's no meat in it. And so, so they take this hamburger bun, open it up, and they get a big scoop of this sauce that has kind of a meaty flavor, but no meat in it. You know what I'm talking about? And it's all this stuff, and they pour it on the, and it's and it's like you know it's like 50 cents, and that's what the that's what people eat if they don't really have the money to eat a real hamburger. A wet hamburger. And, and, and the word got out that our youth was going to eat those wet hamburgers. I rebuked them. I said, you will not eat wet hamburgers anymore. <laughs> but pastor, no, it's just, it's just bread with a, a sauce in it. And there's no meat. So, <laughs> for, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. And I guess walking on earth is poverty for him, but ultimately he, he, was, he became poor on the cross. That you through his poverty might become rich. And then um, Galatians 3.13, of course, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. That means he also redeemed us from the curse of poverty. John 19 verse 2, the soldiers put a crown of thorns on him. The crown of thorns represents the curse of poverty because he was crowned as a king, king of kings and lord of lords. But when he was on earth, when he went to the cross, he was crowned with thorns. And they mocked him, called him, you know, they put that sign above his head on the cross, calling him the king of the Jews in a, in a, in a way of mocking him. They mocked him. And they still mock us today. So you're going to get mocked for believing God for big things. So you're going to get mocked for speaking in tongues. You're going to get mocked for the joy of the Lord. You're going to, you might as well just take it all. I mean, if you're going to get mocked, you might as well just get the full package. Get mocked for believing God for prosperity as well. Might as well get mocked for it. Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to get mocked anyways. So might as well just, hallelujah, be, be proud of what you believe in and, and just take, take the whole full brunt of the mockery. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the enemy will come to mock you. You know why he'll, he mocks the church and mocks Christians and wants them to believe for, in poverty that as if it's a virtue, virtue so that we don't go take the wealth of the wicked out of his hands and use it for the kingdom. Amen. Because poverty is a mindset. It's a mindset and it's a spirit. And the only way to break it is to know the word because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And do not allow the world to influence you. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, or the world coming to mock you when you begin to believe God for big things. 
Because as soon as you start to believe God for big things, all hell will break loose against you, get you to back down and not to believe God for big things. And the enemy will come and say, who do you think you are? And we'll try to put you in your little religious corner and to get you to believe God for, to keep you from believing God for big things. And also as a Christian, when you do come into wealth, and there's a lot of wealthy Christians out there, but they don't do anything for the kingdom. They don't really do much for the gospel because of the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. They become unfruitful because their own money becomes the thorn in their flesh. Just like the rich young rulers. He had a lot of money, but he ended up becoming a thorn in his flesh because Jesus said, go and sell all that you have and come and follow me. And he said, I can't do that. Because what he had was more important to him than following Jesus. And it ended up becoming the thorn and the thistle that was wrapped around him. So the, instead of the word springing up, thorns spring up. Amen. So we got to make sure that the world does not influence the way we think. The world does not influence the things that God has put in our hearts. We cannot allow the world to come and put us down and put us in our little corner and tell us, who do you think you are, you Christian? Go and do your little one-hour thing on a Sunday morning and then just keep your religion there and then don't even bring it out here into public places. Don't bring it out into the marketplace. Don't bring it into the government. Don't, don't bring it out on the streets. You know, that's what we're dealing with. According to the latest statistics, 47% of millennials think millennial Christians. Millennials that confess to be Christians, they think that evangelism is wrong and it's offensive and we should not go preach the gospel and share the gospel with people because it's offensive to them. That's what we're dealing with right now. So that's the world trying to put us in our little corner. Keep the church quiet. Shut up. Be quiet. Go do your little Sunday thing. But don't, don't bring it out here. Absolutely not. We're going to shout it from the rooftops. We're going to shout it from the street corners. We're not going to take our lights and put it under a bushel. Hallelujah. A city on a hill that is lit cannot be hidden. And we're not going to hide our light. And I don't have this little light. This little light of mine. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have a little light. I'm going to be on fire. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Bible doesn't say Jesus will give you a little light. He says he'll baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. And after that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You shall receive power to be a witness. And you shall receive power to create wealth. You shall receive power to advance the kingdom of God. Because you're going to need power to break through the world system. If you think you're going to be able to prosper in this world system without the power of the Holy Ghost... You're mistaken. You're going to have to have Holy Ghost anointing. You're going to have power to break through. You're going to have to have power to break through oppositions. You're going to have to have power to move mountains. You're going to have to have power. Amen. Amen. The power of faith. You're going to have to have the spirit of faith. Amen. You're going to have to have the power of the Holy Ghost because the enemy is not going to give up. And you're going to have to have power. And that's what exactly what happened. The Lord gave the Israelites supernatural favor and they went and knocked on the doors of the egyptians and they said hand over your stuff and they said give us your gold your silver and your precious things and the bible says that they stripped them overnight 
they stripped the Egyptians and the Lord brought them out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble among their tribes. Hallelujah. That's the kind of power that's available. And that was under the old covenant. Those people weren't even filled with the Holy Ghost, but they had a special favor that came upon them. You know what that was? It was the gift of faith. It was the gift of faith that came on them. Because you're going to have to have the gift of faith to do something cr crazy and, and ludicrous and lit, ridiculous like that. The gift of faith wipes out every doubt, every ounce of doubt from your life. Every ounce of care, every ounce of worry gets wiped out from your life when the gift of faith comes upon you and it becomes like a supernatural acceleration like the gift of faith is the ability to receive a miracle the gift of faith is the divine grace upon you to walk in a supernatural dimension the gift of faith gives you the ability to speak things into existence things that be not you will speak them into existence by the gift of faith the gift of faith is the ability to believe, speak, and receive a miracle. And the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. The gift of faith is going to come upon you. And the things, the realms where you've been stuck, now you'll get unstuck. Some of you have been spinning your wheels. You will no longer spin your wheels because the gift of faith is going to come upon you and you're going to be accelerated. Hallelujah. Who wants to be accelerated? Come on now. You cannot allow the world to influence you. You cannot have the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches dictate to you. What is the deceitfulness of riches? Thinking that money will make you happy. Thinking that money will make you successful. Thinking that money will have you, make you feel fulfilled. None of those things will happen. Money will not make a marriage. Do you understand me? Money is not going to improve your marriage. People think, if we just had a little bit more money, our marriage will be better. No. Nope. There's people out there who have money, and they're miserable. Hallelujah. So that's the deceitfulness of riches, thinking that money will make them happier. Money will make them more fruitful. Amen. I've had Christians say, Pastor, when I have more money, I'll be more fruitful. No, you need to be fruitful right now with what you have. When I have more money, I'll give more. No, no, you need to give what, what you have. Right. If it's five bucks, praise the Lord, give it, and believe God. So... Money is not going to make you serve God. You serve God no matter what you have. And then you will see and, and you will watch and see how the Lord will bless you. Because when you've been faithful with little, the Lord will make you ruler over much. Amen. Is this helping anybody here tonight? Because we've been on this for two weeks now. We were on this last weekend about this end time wealth transfer. It's going to come into the hands of the righteous. And the Lord's going to position you. There's going to be a divine positioning of certain people. The Lord's going to position you divinely and, and God's going to release resources into your hands to build this kingdom, to advance the gospel in these final days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the best way that I know how to break the spirit of poverty is giving. The best way I know how to, to break the cares of the world is by not caring about money, but caring more about God. And caring more about his kingdom and caring more about his divine plans and purposes and caring more about the church and other believers the best way i know how to break the deceitfulness of riches is not to trust in riches but to use the riches you have to advance the kingdom of god and sow it into the kingdom don't eat your seed plant your seed 
and let it grow, let it prosper. Amen. And instead of thorns springing up, the harvest of blessing will spring up in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you tonight as we come, worship you in our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings. We are the faithful. Some of us here are, I feel like we're the remnant when so many now, they claim to be believers, but they don't really even serve God. But Lord, we want to be a part of that end time remnant that's going to go all out. That's going to be totally sold out for all that you have for us. And we thank you, Lord, that this is the time of the greater works. And like you said, greater works than these you shall do also. Well, you fed 5,000 families. That means we can feed 5,000 and even more. We can feed 10,000 families. We can feed 50,000 families. We can feed a whole nation. We can feed a whole county. That's the kind of greater works. Hallelujah. We are to be a blessing to the nations. And I thank you, Lord. You're going to release supernatural favor and supernatural finances for your people to begin to feed cities, towns, villages, even nations will be shaken by your mighty hand working through your people that are yielded in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.